0: Let's pray a little bit. Come on. Father God, touch our hearts this morning. Let your glory minister to us. Open our understanding. That we might understand thy holy word and thy mind, O oh God, on each and every subject. We give you praise and glory and honor. The name that's above every name, the name of Jesus Christ. Everybody said amen. All right, you may be seated. Seem to have a electrical problem this morning, and uh or one set of lights doesn't want to work, so we'll have to consult the electrician. Of course, it's Sunday, and you know what that means. All right, we're going to do a. We're going to take a look first in your Bible to Romans chapter nine, and uh, and also I'm going to first. I think I'm going to turn your attention to Second Corinthians chapter nine. Then we'll go to then we'll go to Romans, Second Corinthians chapter nine. All right, in 2 Corinthians, chapter 9, I'll begin with verse 1. He said, for as touching the ministering to the saints, it is superfluous for me to write to you. That word superfluous means excessive, it's excessive, okay, for me to write to you. Uh, in another way, he's just saying it's not even necessary to write to you. He knows And the reason is because, verse 2, he said, For I know the forwardness of your mind. Okay? And that's exactly where I'm going to stop right there. For I know the forwardness of your mind. And I want to work for a little while this morning in teaching here about the church that has gone forward and continues to go forward. What you are to be a part of. Your mind should be forward in its thinking. Okay? A forwardness. We're, We're not... As it is written, uh, we are of them that believe to the saving of the soul and, and that we don't draw back, like others, unto perdition okay, or damnation. Uh, we're, we're moving forward here. And wherever you're at in God, you want to be moving forward. You don't want to be going backwards. okay. And so uh, I'm going to turn now to the book of Romans chapter 9. And as you know, we have taught you many times that uh, the church that Jesus started back here, the original church, O.C., as he died under the law on the cross, and then he gave birth to the church, which somebody was asking me this morning. Eddie, would you flip that very first switch on your left? Left. Yeah. I wanted you to discover that. That has need of your ministry when you have time. (laughs) All right. Nothing like having an in-house electrician. All right. Uh, Anyway, I would do it myself, but, you know, I don't have any hair to go straight up, so I figure I'll leave that alone. All right. Uh, The church that Jesus started, okay, uh, as it, it has gone forward all the way through right to this day. There are people that do not believe that the church came all the way through. There are people that are actually silly enough and unbelieving enough to think that the church uh, died. What God started did not die, okay? And there's no teaching in the Bible that would make us feel, should make us feel that way. If anything, it's quite the opposite. The church has come all the way through and has endured many, many, many things. Uh, But God has always been with this church, and he will... Uh, he gave birth to his church. He commissioned his church. He sent his church forth. And as he did, uh, they filled Jerusalem with their doctrine. And then they didn't stop. We went over Acts 8, how Philip went to Samaria. Acts 10, how Peter was used to go to Cornelius and the Italians. And then how that Paul came upon certain of John, John the Baptist's disciples uh, in the 19th chapter of Acts. And how that Jerusalem was destroyed in approximately 70 A.D., and how that there were those that were a part of the church, but they, uh, they left the church. Uh, and that's where we give you 1 John 2.19. They went out from us. They went out from the church. They left the church. And in so doing, they went to Rome. So when people ask you, why are there so many different churches? Well, that's why. Because they went out. And once they, that spirit got a hold of them, and they left the church, okay, they were no longer forward in their thinking, they actually were going backwards, and this is also what you will find when you uh, come to the New Testament, and the book of Acts, and the outpouring of God's Spirit, then you come to Romans, okay, and I told you Romans is a, uh, and Romans, and Galatia, and uh, Ephesus, all of these different messages that were written to new works in new fields, because the church was going forward, and it was breaking into new areas and converting people, winning souls. And in so doing, uh, there came a time when there were people, particularly you read it in the book of Galatians, where he told them that they were foolish because they were going backwards in their thinking. They wanted to go back under the law. okay? And he told them, he said, you do that, and then Christ has become of non-effect to you. And I don't want to ever be in a position where Christ doesn't affect me I, I, want to, I want to feel the effects of the Spirit of the Lord. Now, one of the things we don't do too well with is what's called conviction, okay? And uh, the Bible said very plainly that uh, there were those that were convicted of their own conscience. And uh, that's what is supposed to happen. When the Spirit of the Lord moves uh, and, and the preaching goes forth uh, and we're praying and reading our Bible, there are times when we should get convicted about some things, that we should feel that uh, there's a, Paul said, uh, my, my conscience and my Holy Ghost are in agreement here, that they're both working telling me that this is a uh-uh, or this is a okay, you know. So the conscience is that part of my mind that tells me right from wrong. Well, then on top of that, you, that's your natural, that's given at birth, you know, and that's shaped and formed as you're growing older in your natural, chronological birthdays that come along. After a while, you don't have birthdays anymore, right? I don't blame you, me neither. But uh, those are things you won't forget about. But then again, there's the other way to look at it. Thank God for another one, right? So there is that too. But um, what I'm saying is is that, uh, but then you get baptized with the Holy Ghost, okay? And you have Christ in you, the hope of glory, All right. And, you know, people to claim Christ, as somebody asked me this morning, somebody, people get so confused, and they're talking about having Christ without having the Holy Ghost, there is no such thing. That, that's, how, that's why Jesus gave his life, that body, on the cross, that he might purchase this great gift of the Holy Ghost, which would be poured out and was, in Acts chapter 2, for the first time for whosoever will. People in the Old Testament, there were selects, that had the Spirit of the Lord, but it was not given for whosoever will. That's why when Jesus died on the cross, the veil of the the temple was cut in half because mercy was now out and running loose and reaching to everybody. That uh, God so loved the world, okay, that he gave his only begotten Son, that is the Spirit, gave the flesh, that whosoever believeth in him, as the Scripture has said, you don't just believe any old way you want and that's what people want to do. They want to just make it up as they go along, and that's what has made so many so-called churches or congregations or beliefs, okay, throughout the earth. And uh, but remember, Jesus started one church, and He started it for everybody, and everybody was to come and to flow to His church. And that's why I showed you these little ripples because God has pulled people and out of each, out of many different denominations, and brought them to the knowledge of the truth, okay? Uh, we have one lady that comes over at the Rock, and she's been through four or five major religions that she was in and studied and hopped from one to the other. Each one was less and less fulfilling, okay? But then when she, she came now and knows the truth, okay, she's studying and understanding the truth and, and, and got baptized in Jesus' name and received the gift of the Holy Ghost, all right? And that's your original teaching. That's what... Your Bible is teaching. We have no right to change. Uh, God said, I am the Lord thy God, and I change not. So we have no right to change anything. We, what we're supposed to do is believe what he's saying. All right? And thank God he's talking to us, right? Thank God he's ministering to us. And that's what I'm saying. When he deals with your heart, uh, then you you want to uh, embrace conviction. One preacher preached one time, and he said conviction is like the um, the, the, the frog. He said, when you embrace it, he said, it turns into the prince. (laughs) So, okay, whatever. The point is that you don't resist it. You don't fight it. That conviction has come. uh, You feel that, and that's a good thing, because you don't want Christ to become of non-effect to you. And that's what these folks, and he said, oh, you foolish Galatians, that they were moved away from the hope of the gospel unto another, which he said is not another. There is no other. Where are you going to go? If you've come to the top, where are you going to go? You know, the only way to go beyond the top is in the first resurrection or the commonly referred to as a rapture, okay, the catching away, the gathering together unto him. All right. So we've got to realize that it, when you read uh, uh, Galatians and Ephesians, that you, you, uh, as you read, you will see that they wanted to go back under the law. They wanted to go back and do things the old way. They wanted to go back to the flesh. They wanted to go back to carnal ordinances. And doing things according to the flesh, and Paul begin to upbraid them, and begin to preach to them, begin to teach them, and he told them there is no other gospel, there is no other way to go. You're foolish, and you're being you're being made a fool, and and you don't want to be made a fool, okay? Believe me, because you're going to be the loser. At the bottom uh, line of that, that's the bottom line. So you want and and remember, I did read in the Bible where there was, and you did, where there is a, an individual that um, he kicked back, and he. He got comfortable in his flesh, and I'm sure he threw his hands behind his head and threw his feet up and, and just chilled out and said, you know, my, I'm feeling pretty good here. I think I'll just uh, build a bigger barn. I'll tear down the barn I got, and I'll build a bigger barn. And, of course, that's when the voice of the Lord came and said, Thou fool, but this night thy soul is required of thee." None of us have a promise of, of going out of here, you know, and everything be fine tomorrow or the next day. You could die at any second. And I've taught you that. You could go at any second. Okay? What's not going at any second is the church. There are things to be fulfilled. Okay? There are scriptures, prophecies, and they are being fulfilled. And we are closer. We're not just in, as I said here, we're not just in the end times. We're in the end of the end times. Okay? We're closer to Jesus' coming than anybody else has ever been. And that's because scriptures have been fulfilled. And there's not but a few more to be fulfilled. All right, we're, and what you're seeing take place in Israel right now, what you're hearing take place in Israel right now, should alert you more and more to the to the uh, closing of this age, okay, closing of this time. So, but what I want you to see from Romans 9, 10, and 11 is that when Jesus started His church and sent His church, and His church was moving forward, it was all pretty much 100% uh, made up of Jewish people. That was their background. And he he was, and he told a woman that was not Jewish who had a problem, and uh, she comes to Jesus and she asks him to help her, and he said, well, I can't take what belongs to the children and give it to the dogs. So first of all, he he insulted her right off the the bat. But you see, he's going to find out if your flesh is active or not. He's going to find out if you really want what what you're saying you want, if you're for real or if you're just words, you know. If, if you're just talking, if you're just blowing smoke, so to speak. And so she just, she took that blow and, and acted like she never even felt it. And she just said, she said, truth, Lord. But she said, even the dogs get the crumbs from under the table, or the under the children's table. And so he said, wow, <laughs> whoo, you got my attention. You know, you're sincere. You mean what you're saying. And so he gave her her request, okay? All right, so, and and here you have another guy. He's on the wayside, and, and he's crying out for Jesus. And um, the, the uh, uh, disciples, they come, and they tell the guy to shut up. They tell him to be quiet. And so he cried louder. The more they told him to be quiet, the louder he cried. And so finally Jesus said, bring him over here. So he came over, and, and he said, what, what is it you want? He said, well, I, I want to see. you know I want to see. I'm blind. I want to be able to see. And so Jesus made it happen. You know, no muss, no fuss. Other than the fact that he had to get through the disciples, there will be people, and sometimes, believe it or not, sometimes the trouble comes from people that's supposed to be disciples. Hello. Okay. So you have to you have to judge each case on its own merits. Uh, it's just like um, medicine. You know, the doctor doesn't give the same medicine to everybody. Okay, that's why I think you know it's probably a pretty important thing that you don't go to your medicine cabinet and pull out something and just give it to somebody. That's a very dangerous thing to do because what you're giving them might have helped you, but it might kill them. So the, the doctor has to uh, do a proper uh, evaluation before he prescribes the medicine. Okay, And so it's the same thing. The Lord, through his setup in the church, um, pastor and leadership, uh, he he deals with everybody as members in particular, even though we're also members one of another. Okay, but we are still members uh, individually, and he he ministers to our needs. And it's very important, you know, everybody, you gotta be careful what you say and what you do because uh, lots of times uh, you can you could say something that could hurt somebody or give somebody advice or say something that would uh, harm them or hurt them or send them in the wrong direction or get them thinking the wrong way and. Uh, you would be then responsible for that. And you don't want to take that unto yourself, okay? Because, you know, you might not be licensed to be an M.D., if you understand what I'm saying, okay? So it's very important. So the church, let me go back now. The church that Jesus starts is moving forward, and they're all comprised pretty much of Jewish people by background. There were a few proselytes, but basically they were Jewish. All right, so these Jewish men and women, they're going forward, and they're taking the message everywhere they go and they're uh, fighting the spirits that are trying to take them back under the law, get them to go backwards, and God said that we're, we're done with that. We're for, I've sent my son, that is, the spirit has come in the flesh, yes. and uh, <clears throat> I've done that. The, the son equals the flesh. you understand that? When you refer to the son, you're referring to the flesh. Okay. And the flesh came from Mary, because the spirit spoke the word, that which was conceived in her was of his Holy Spirit, okay? All right, so as uh, the church was attempting to push forward and go forward, then there were spirits that tried to bring them and drag them back under the law, and there were people that, that uh, among the congregation, the brand-new congregation at Galatia and at Ephesus, they were a part of that, and, and, and there were those that even came in and they came in to spy out their liberty, and they wanted to use these people. They wanted to try to get these people under their influence. Okay, the only influence you want to be under is the influence of the Holy Ghost and through the leadership, okay? You want to be very careful uh, what happens to you. Another place the Scripture said uh, that uh, there were those that uh, got involved with observing days and months and times and years, you know, and uh, they There are things that can influence you. There are things that can pull you in wrong directions. I told one of the young ladies this morning, she'd uh, been talked to about being a model. I said, you don't want to be a model. I said, you only want to be a model for Jesus. I said, you get involved in certain so-called careers, and and they're going to corrupt your life. Okay, they're going to lead you away from Christ. You want to, you know, whatever, we're careful here when we try to get our young men jobs. We want to help get them a job that's not going to pull them away from the church. Uh, You want to to realize that my job is just my job and I'm thankful for it, but it doesn't replace Christ. It doesn't replace what my vocation is. That's a Bible word. My vocation, my career is the church living for God. That's That's what I major in. That's what I'm majoring in. Okay. So, you know, just like the, the devil came to Jesus and, and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them and said, I can give that to you if you'll fall down and worship me. Well, that's exactly the same thing. Get a young lady and I'll make a model out of you. He just wants you to bow down and worship him. He just wants you to forsake Jesus Christ. And, and, and people can uh, give themselves over to many, many different things. And in so doing, they are drifting away from Jesus. Okay, they're going. But you see, there's a forwardness of your mind that is it's supposed to be there. That nothing impedes your forward progress. That I'm not going to the right as it teaches. And I'm not going to the left as the Bible teaches. And if God forbid I'm certainly not going back or backsliding. I am going forward. I'm pressing toward the mark of the prize. The high calling in Christ Jesus. Okay? And it is a high calling. There is no greater calling. Okay? No greater calling. And you need to visualize that now. Lest you... Uh, Hear that voice that says, "Thou fool," you know, and you don't want that. You don't want that. So there were people that crept in, some of them unawares, and they came in like, um, like looking like sheep when all the while they were wolves in sheep's clothing. Okay, and one place it said they crept in unawares. Check that AC. that might be a little chilly. Um, they, they, they crept in there, and they. The whole idea was to be used of the enemy to undermine. How did Jesus get crucified? It was because there were those certain men, of uh, certain baser men, of, of and they were lewd men, and they got among the crowd, and pr- pretty soon everybody, those spirits begin to to affect the crowd to where they begin to cry, crucify him, crucify him, and here is Pilate, and here is Herod, and they're saying, hey, you know, we don't have to do this, and we could set him free, we set him at liberty. It's a feast day, and and uh, you know. This is, we should just, I find no fault in him. And uh, they cried the latter, crucify him, crucify him. Well, what about Barabbas? We'll take Barabbas, crucify him. You know, Well, that's so typical. Make the choice of the flesh. And that's not a forward mind. When all the while God was saying, I'm bringing you a new covenant. You broke the old covenant. You broke the first covenant, you, the Old Testament. Jeremiah 31, 31, but he said, I'm going to make a new covenant. And And Jesus came in the flesh. He came. To uh, bring that new covenant, okay? To bring that truth, and he he, he said, "I'm going to start it. I'm going to start a church, a congregation. It's going to be made up of people who come out of darkness. They're moving forward. They're coming out of darkness, and they're coming into marvelous light. And he he trained them, he prepped them, he got them ready. And when the time was come, uh, he sent them to the upper room in Jerusalem to receive this great salvation, okay? And you know, people want to say, well uh, what about the thief on the, cro- on the cross? He, was, he wasn't baptized. He wasn't full with the Holy Ghost. No, and he also died under the law, okay, just like a lot of other people died under the law before this great New Testament salvation was implemented, all right? And remember, there is a transition. You notice right here between the cross and the green dot, there is a little black space there, that little black line, and that's, there was a transition that took place. The law was ending, okay? The law was coming to its end because the law had done its job. It brought us to Christ. That it was a schoolmaster to bring us to Christ. And so he had come, and he, he uh, gave his life on the cross, and he rose again the third day. And then he, after 40 days, which actually became a total of 50 days because he was three days and three nights in the heart of the earth, okay? And the Bible said that it was when the day of Pentecost, which is the 50th day, so there was that period of time that took place, uh, and then he poured out his spirit. Okay, and when he poured out his spirit in Acts chapter two, it was the 50th day after the Passover, which was the day the feast of the uh, ingathering of the harvest, the first fruits of the harvest, which is what the people became that got the Holy Ghost. They were the first fruits of the of the harvest of brand new souls. Okay, of the church. And so, as I said, the church had a forwardness in their thinking, and they did not go back under the law, though there was much pressure. There will always be pressure in your life to go back to the old way, to go back to the old way of doing things, okay? You have to fight that. You have to pray. You have to be in church. You have to do all the spiritual things that we're teaching you to help you to keep going forward, okay? To keep moving in the right direction. That's why you and I, are in the church, because the church endured and went forward. And there was many oppositions. Many, uh, one place talked about uh, opposition of science, okay? So there there are, uh, whether it's educational uh, uh, or people with their philosophies, and we were warned about that, uh, the rudiments of this world and not after Christ, okay? So we have got to, uh, as we read the book, you need to believe it, It's not just, you know, saying it, it's it's giving you truth. It's trying to let you know that there are opposing forces, but the gates of hell will not prevail. But it is going to prevail against some people because some people are not of Christ or not after Christ. And I don't care what they do and how they act. And I told you, you know, people can put on a, they can cut a rug and they can say all kinds of words and all kinds of phrases, but in works, the Bible said, they do deny him. They, they, uh, there's lots of folks that want to be uh, they profess, but they don't possess. okay One thing to profess Christ' another thing to possess Christ. All right, so uh, they as I said, they went out. I circled it for you and that's first John 2:19. They went out and as they went out, they went to Rome and they joined in with, they joined in with the emperor and eventually they confederated into what became known as the Roman Catholic Church. And they begin to uh, have meetings uh, in Nicaea and Constantinople. And they, they got together because they wanted to know what we're going to do about, and I'll just call us the Green Line people. <laughs> they want to know what we do about these Green Line people, what we do about this original church, what we do about these people. And they were well aware of them. And many of them that came out, they were Jewish people. So it's, um, I spoke to a Jewish man, and he said that there are writings that teach that the actual founders of the Roman Catholic Church were actually Jewish people. Think about it, that they, they wrote up all the writings because that's who the church was primarily consisting of by background was Jewish people. And they left it. They left the truth. They left. They turned their back on Jesus. They quit the apostles, okay? They quit the truth. And they perverted it and they changed it and they tried to anyway in, pe- in their minds and other people's minds. And they began to do things that they, under the, under the uh, excuse of, well, we're going to win the masses. We will win the groups of people. So we'll, uh, we won't make them get baptized anymore by full immersion. We'll just sprinkle them. We'll make it more convenient. We call it the dry cleaning method. Okay, and then they, um, they as I said, the devil, the devil knows that the power is in the name of Jesus Christ. He knows the blood is in the name of Jesus Christ. And so therefore he wanted to get away from the name of Jesus Christ. So hence he got them to believing in a trinity of God's. <clears throat> that's another thing. He knows there's only one God. The Bible said he, the devils know that and they tremble. Okay? But yet they want everybody in this world to believe in polytheism. They want them to believe in many gods Okay, and get away from the name of Jesus. So there, thereby they brought in a Trinitarian formula of baptism. They changed baptism in their ranks. They changed baptism in whatever denominations they spawned. Uh, that's something you will find that all the the Methodists, the Presbyterians, and the Baptists, and whatever, all have in common with the Roman Catholic Church two things. They believe in the Trinity, and they believe in baptism and Father, Son, Holy Ghost. Those are two very strong commonalities that they have. Okay, And uh, and both of those things are not in the Scripture. All right. So you want to uh, watch uh, the terminology in the Scripture over and over. It will say, in the name, in the name, in the name. So for you to know the name. And, and I don't mean to just parrot it. I mean that you have the revelation of it. You know that his name is Jesus. You know who he is. Okay? And that there's only one God. And he chose to come in the flesh. Okay? So that's why your Bible says if you don't believe that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh, then you're you're of the Antichrist. Then you're a false prophet. Okay? So you and that helps you to, uh, you know, there's certain questions we can ask people, and we'll know real quick if they've got truth or not. You know what I mean? They'll, they'll claim that they're of the truth, and they'll claim they're saved, but when you begin to bring some pointed questions, and they don't have the right answers, you begin to realize that that's what the Bible said, try the spirits, well, test the spirits, whether or not they're they're of God, okay, and because many false prophecies that have gone out, and it's going to culminate down here at the end in the false prophet, a one world super false church or belief, okay? and there will be a one-world government, and there will be a one-world monetary system. In other words, the way things are going right now over in in Europe, and it's affecting over here, and certain things are being done over here, and I do believe that certain agendas are being sped up uh, rapid, fast-forward, because they want to uh, bring down the United States, and they want to bring all the monetary System to one level landscape, and so it's not going to be uh, rubles in Russia, it's not going to be marks in Germany, and it's not going to be pounds in England, it's not going to be dollars and cents in, in America. It's going to be a one-world monetary system, and eventually, they're going that way. They'll put everybody on the same page, and eventually, they're also going to want to put you know, either in your right hand or in your forehead uh, a number. And it, it will be, uh, they, I've been told that all it has to be is a, really just a little bit of ink and that the computer will be able to read it and it will be termed what the Bible terms is the mark of the beast. And that anybody that's involved with that is that's it, you're doomed, you're lost, it's over. So uh, you want to get in the church now. And you want to get, a, shall we say, ahead of the curve. And you've got to understand that this whole system, when they, when they spawned this, and they, they begin, I told you Martin Luther began to read the scripture. He got a little bit of light, and I did say a little, and uh, he would only obey so much. He, he only opened his understanding so far. And and the next thing you knew, uh, he was standing up against them. They put him out, and the Lutherans came out of him, the Methodists, the Baptists, the Presbyterians. It just goes on and on and on and on and on and on and on, okay? So uh, I hear a violin. Do you hear a small violin I well, anyway, um, you know, woe is me, poor little old me. Okay, so anyway, they go out, and they head down the road, and we're still having denominations, denominations, all kinds of different things uh, right to this split second. But the church, because of its forwardness of mind, continues to bring the message to everybody everywhere, okay, everywhere. That's why you have it today, because there were men and women, there were boys and girls that overcame their flesh, Okay, just as Jesus did. Jesus could have gone fishing. He could have uh, taken him a wife. He could have had a family. He could have done so many things. I'm sh- pretty sure he could have been a general contractor. His father was, a, his, as was supposed, was his father, uh, was a carpenter. Okay, so uh, you know, you, he, there's lots of things he could have done. And uh, but and even Paul said the same thing. He could have done other things and pursued other pursuits. But these, Jesus was an example. As, well, as, as he was baptized, he was an example. And everything he did, he was fulfilling the scriptures, he was an example. So the apostles that followed after, they learned early they had to drop everything and follow him. And as they did that, then you let God put in your life what is proper and right. Okay. Now the apostle Paul, it was evidently wasn't right for him to have a wife. God said no. And, and he, he, was, uh, he could receive that. Not all men can receive that. Not all women could receive that. So you have to stay with the scriptures in all these things. But the point is that we want the will of God. We want to put God at the at the forefront, okay? And we have to submit. And you will have your tests. You will be tested as to whether or not you're going to deny yourself and take up the cross daily, and that you're going to follow Him, okay? Uh, preacher was talking to me about a man. He read a book, and it was about a man that um, just recently it was about a man that walked across the United States. And in doing that, took him, I don't know, two or three years or something like that, and 5,000 miles, whatever it was. And they asked him, what was the most uh, difficult thing? What was the greatest hindrance? And he said, sand in my shoes. Sand in my shoes. And he said, it was just great and wear away and wear away. And he said, I'd have to buy new shoes because you could never get it all out. And, um, What I'm saying is, you know, sand is very, it's an abrasive, and it just kept, you know, it's like using Ajax, and you don't usually want to use Ajax. I had a kid one time, fortunately, he'd never been around Marvin or Tom or the guys, and he didn't know anything about detailing a car, and so he took a wire brush and some Ajax to to, to try to wash the car. That was quite an experience to watch that. (laughs) (laughs) So he just, he didn't know anybody, and there are people. They got things, but they don't know any better. They don't know anything about applications or nothing, you know. And uh, then you run into guys that really know, and they tell you, "Don't ever wash your car with soap that has lemon in it," you know. So you get around somebody that knows a little something, and they can teach you some things, you know. And I remember when we did the reach at the loading ramp, and they had those little tents set up, and they were washing vehicles, and and this one guy was just sitting there, and he was telling this 14-year-old kid, "Do this, do this. You want to get on? There? Do it." And he's just going. And I watched, and I marveled, and I told that young man, I said, you should be glad that you've got somebody here older that is training you. I said, because if you learn how to do this and do it right, it's something you will have all your life, you know. No matter what other jobs you go on to, what other things, you know, maybe you'll you'll have your own car washing business, you know. And it's like one guy told me that did tires and stuff. He said, he said well, we'll do it my way, because he knew that the way he did it was right, okay. So, you know, when when you learn what's right, Well, what we would call my way is he is the way. So it's it's his way. And we've been blessed to have it. To have our understanding open. And to get a forward mind. And you want to embrace that forwardness of mind. You don't want to let the law or people or spirits or anything turn you in different directions. These folks got turned. And when they got turned, they went into false teachings and false doctrines. And it spawned. All All it could do was produce more and more falsehood. Okay? And when Martin Luther, when they broke out, a spirit, you know, well, that spirit didn't die, then here comes the Lutherans, and then here comes the Methodists. And they're all coming up, everybody's waking up the next day with an idea of how they want to do things and all these different denominations. So that's where all the churches or congregations or different beliefs or denominations have come from, okay? But the church has never deviated. The church has never changed. The church has come all the way through. We are a continuation of... Of the original church, no changes. Okay, no changes. We stay with the same thing. It's because we have God has developed in His church a forwardness of mind. Okay, and Paul recognized that in writing to them, and he said, "I, I, you know, it's like, <laughs> it's, it's really like some, when somebody backslides, and they're out there in the world. You, you, you better leave that alone. You better leave that to the preacher and God. But let me that you go get the new people. But let me just tell you something." There's nothing you can tell a backslider because they already know. They've been taught. They've been trained. They know what's right. And furthermore, they'll know what to answer you. They'll know just what to say to placate you and make you feel good about it. But, but the truth of the matter is that um, they lost their forwardness of mind. They got distracted. They went off and chasing and pursuing other things. Jesus healed ten lepers. Now, you know, one guy's nose is gone. The other guy's eyes is eaten away. And guy had fingers all gone and and what a mess they were. And everywhere they went, they had to cry, unclean, unclean, to warn people to stay away from them. And, and uh, Jesus had compassion on them. And he sent them, said, go and show yourself to the head doctor and let him pronounce you clean. Um, <clears throat> and you'll be all right. You know. And so in going, in obedience to what Jesus said. All right, now think of that about the unbelief. How can I go looking like I look? Why would I go? I, I'm missing fingers. My eyeballs are my nose is gone. How can I go down there and show myself? You know, it's ridiculous. You're gonna take one look at me and say you're a leper, get out of here, you know. But they were obedient to the word of Jesus Christ, no matter how far fetched it seemed, and to our flesh it always seems far fetched. It always seemed like, ah you know, or I'm not receiving that you know, and all that kind of stuff. And so but they were obedient to what Jesus said and in route, in going, fingers were back. Eyeball was working, nose was restored, you know, the leprosy was gone. And one man stopped dead in his tracks and he ran back to Jesus. And he began to praise him, begin to worship him, begin to thank him. He was so appreciative. You know, it's important to be grateful for what the Lord does for you. That you look at this thing and you you realize what he pulled you out of, what what he did for you. You need to realize that. You know, you cannot uh, think it a small thing. The devil would like for you to belittle it and think it small, it's no big deal. It's a very big deal. That out of billions of people, God pulled you out of the fire and He opened your understanding. He gave you the truth. Okay. And we used to have a guy. There's a guy that won me to since fell night to the Lord, and um, his he used to sing a song. Who am I that a King would bleed and die for? And so on and so forth. It was a great song. It is a great song. And we, we need to keep that perspective. We need to, that's keeping that flesh humble, keeping it in subjection, you know, that uh, it's by the grace of God, okay? We, you didn't just have this. You certainly weren't born with it, you know what I mean? And even children that are birthed uh, naturally by mothers and fathers that are in the church, that child still has to come to a place to where it believes. And then at that time, knowing the difference between right and wrong, can repent and we can baptize that child and that child can receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And I was talking to a brother that I'm praying for that's very sick, and he's a grandfather, and he told me, he said, his uh, youngest grand uh, just received the Holy Ghost three years of age. And he said, child before that got the Holy Ghost three years of age. Child before that got the Holy Ghost. He said, man, we got it, we got it, we're on a roll. I said, yeah, you want to keep that going. You want to keep that going, you know, that they're, they're always involved with the work of the church. And they're in the environment, you know, where the Holy Ghost can fall. And that's what we want to do. We want You want to be a part of this thing and to be a part of what's going forward, okay? Learn. That you're not going to uh, get pulled back under fleshly things and carnal things and, and uh, human things or hum- humanistic. We don't want that, okay? We want spiritual things. We want to keep learning about Christ, keep moving. We don't want to be termed, by the apostle, foolish. Okay? You don't want that. And uh, so you've got to fight to be to to be forward in your mind. If I was talking to just young men and I I would talk to them about football and I would talk about how you've got to bull your way through. Three hundred pound linemen. You've got to keep going forward. And the coaches teach you that. They teach you how to do that. And they go put you through drills, okay? Because there there you want a forwardness, forward motion. Even if you get tackled and you fall, they want you to fall forward, you know. You, there's a forward motion, and it, the whole Bible teaches about a perpetual, continual going forward, going forward. Okay, so the apostle said, "It's it's it's not even it's 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 not necessary really for me to remind you of this." He said, "Because I know that you're a forward-minded thinking person." Well, make it a group now, a whole group that the church is forward-minded, okay, that it's forward-minded. And so I guess we pick up on Peter where we're just reminding for the purpose of stirring up the mind, the pure mind, by way of remembrance, because we do want to keep it alive, and we do want to stir up the gift of God, and we don't want to let the fire die down, you know. We don't want to let that happen. Uh, you know what happens? Some young preacher asked me, the uh, last day or two, asked me about, um, uh, can you lose the Holy Ghost? And I said, well, you certainly can have the fire go down to where, you know, there's nothing there. And I said, but you do want to remember the prodigal son, and this should be a fearful thing, the prodigal son was still a son. And it's, and it's much more fearful to be judged as a disobedient son in the judgment than to have never known. Because what's going to happen is, in, in the finality of things, then you're going to be beaten with many stripes, your memory. I had it. I had this. And and I, I I stopped going forward. And I I let it die down. And now I'm, I'm doomed for all of eternity. No way out, you know, and your mind will just beat you up and beat you up and beat you up because you will have your five senses. Okay? So, it's important to fight for your bull your way through the many things that are going to come against you. And that you're going to have to uh, as Paul, he shook off that serpent, okay, after fighting his way through the storm and, and prevailing in prayer and lightening the ship and getting rid of all kinds of things in his life and in their lives on that ship that they determined they didn't need. You know, you might want to go home and think about maybe some things you got in your home that you don't need. Throw them out. Bring them to me. We'll take them to the yard sale. How's that? And uh, we'll turn them into a fundraiser. But you want to. You want to lighten the ship. You don't want to get bogged down. That's why Jesus said, and the disciples were astonished out of measure when he told them, how hardly shall a rich man enter into the kingdom of heaven. And they were astonished out of measure. And they said, who then can be saved? He said, well, he said, with man it's not possible. He said, but with God all things are possible. And he went on to teach them and to tell them, he said, it's like a Uh, trying to go through what was called the eye of the needle, which actually was in Jerusalem, the wall around Jerusalem. There were certain gates, and some of them were called the eye of the needle for the way they were shaped. And to bring in the camel, who had all the baggage stacked on his back, the camel would have to get down on his knees and shimmy through, because it was too tall to get through that opening known as the eye of the needle, or that gate known as the eye of the needle. I think there's also the way of looking at it how think about a a needle (laughs) the eye of the needle and trying to get a camel to go through that okay I think there's also you could look at it that way and and that's really what it's trying to teach you but the point is is that we have to be willing to lighten the load we have to be willing to get some things out of our lives and out of our minds and out of our hearts and we've got to die to those things and Jesus said it's what's in your heart that's what's defiling you okay okay and he began to name all the things: adultery, and fornication, and covetousness, and, and uh, defraud, to defraud somebody, and many other things uh, that you can name: lying, and stealing, cheating, hate, hating, quarrelling, temper, all those things. And he said, "That's what's that comes out of your heart. That's what defiles you. Okay, all right. That's what defiles you. And so that's why the Lord uh, deals with our heart. Okay, and that for out of it are the issues of life. And the heart is desperately wicked." By nature, Paul said, in my flesh dwells no good thing. All right? So we've got to we've got to get this experience that gives us the nature of Christ. So we die to our nature by repenting, okay? And we bury that old uh, sinful nature when we get baptized in Jesus' name. We're buried with Christ. When we come up out of the waters, that's when we're born again of water, and then we're, the heavens are open and we can receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, be born again of the Spirit. Well, then by this one baptism of water and Spirit, uh, we baptize into one body, which is the church that has the forwardness of mind and we begin to move forward. okay? We be, the cloud moves, God's spirit's moving, we're moving with Him. okay And we, you got to stay up with the church, you got to stay up with the program, okay? You got to stay up with this thing. You say, well man, I can't keep up. Well if you can't keep up with the, with the footman, you know then the book said, how are you going to keep up with the chariot, the horse and the chariot? So we've got to develop early on. We've got to develop early on. Very, very, very important. I wanted—I didn't get to Romans 9, 10, 11, but I was going to tell you how that the church, all being Jewish, how that the Jewish didn't go as a nation. They did not go forward. Okay. As a nation, they went backwards. That's what, again, I told you Galatians and, and uh, Ephesians, for an example, pulling them back under the law. Go back to the old ways. Go back to the old ways ways of doing things, the old patterns of thinking, okay? And that's the dog going back to its vomit, that's the, the pig going back to wallowing in the mud, okay? So we've got to uh, again push through these things and only some of the Jewish did that, okay? Some of the branches were broken off and some of them went forward. So there was uh, unfortunately a, a Uh, falling away that took place. And when you read in the Bible about the falling away, that's not yet to come. That began with the Jewish. And they fell away from Christ. And he became of non-effect to them because they they did, and they still do, uh, try to observe the law. And as I told one Jewish man that works over at the mall, I'm witnessing to him. I said, you're fixing to have Yom Kippur, which is the Day of Atonement. And I said, but you have no blood. You have no blood. You lost that. Your temple was destroyed in 70 A.D., And I said, since then you have nothing. And that was all done away with in Christ. And I said, Jesus died on the cross. He gave the blood. He was the lamb. He gave the blood. You want that blood? We baptize you in the name of Jesus Christ. And that blood is in his name. It's your faith in his name. The water does not turn red. Okay? All right. Any questions? All right. Well, it's kind of getting late. So I'll just. Yes. Well, there are, as I said, there are people all these different denominations. I could put a J.W. up there for you if you like. They started in 1879, and uh, so we could put them right here. They weren't called the Jehovah's Witnesses then, though. They were called Russellites because Charles Taz Russell started the what's called uh, the Jehovah's Witnesses. Uh, so we'll put Russell here. Okay, C.T. Charles Taz Russell, and it was about 1839. And um, sorry, there you go. He um, he started that, and uh, they have predicted the end of the world numerous times, and of course, the end of the world has not happened numerous times, and uh, we're still here, and uh, we're going to be here until Jesus returns for the church, <clears throat> and then after that will then come what's referred to as the thousand-year reign, and after that will come what's referred to as the great white throne judgment, and that's when the books will be opened. Whosoever's name was not found written in the Lamb's book of life will be cast alive into the the lake of fire, okay? So very important, Uh, but to answer your question, there's just another belief or another uh, denomination uh, and people have come out of it and come into the knowledge of the truth. Um, that's just about the way it is. Their teachings are not based on chapter and verse. I have talked, I have witnessed to the so-called witnesses many times, and uh, I'll get them to describe their baptismal service. And so having done that, then I say, okay, let's look in the Bible and see how they did it. And then there's a difference, of course. And... Uh, you know, you try to, of course, they don't believe in receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost, and without the Holy Ghost, you can't be a witness. So, but you can be, belong to an organization. You can belong to a club, you know. Okay? You can go down to the Kiwanis or the Lions or the uh, whatever, one of those clubs, you know. You can you can be like the guy on the plane when the plane was crashing. He was going down, and they were begging for somebody to pray. And and there was no preacher. There was no rabbi. There was nobody on the plane. And they said, said, isn't there anybody that can pray? And so one guy meekly raised his hand. He said, well, I live next to a church uh, building and everything. And he said, I could pray like they prayed. They said, anything, anything, we're going to crash. He said, 36, 45, 99, bingo! That's all he knew. Okay. So anybody can join an organization. Anybody can, can pick up, you know, things that people do. Uh, but that's that and the Bible is two very different things. And then there are people that can carry the Bible and don't believe the Bible. Okay? They don't believe it. They make it up as they go along. They, they'll, uh, people will tell you over and over, all you have to do is accept Christ as your personal Savior. But those words and those instructions are not in the Bible. So why can't we just go ahead and believe what is in the Bible? Right? Let's repent, get baptized in Jesus' name, fill with the gift of the Holy Ghost. All right? And every time you, many times in, in trying to uh, take people on a forward motion Bible study, you know, they want to digress into all of these crazy things. And, and the things they're asking are usually based on things that they've heard or made up or was made up and told them. And, and it's just confusion, okay? If somehow... Like we will do, probably to this, we will just wipe it clean. If people could wipe their minds clean and just pick up the book fresh and ask God to talk to their heart and show them. And as you go along, chapter and verse, subject matter. Okay? Subject matter. Stay with the book. Anybody got a. We're good? I think we're good. I think we're out of time, so I better not take any more questions. Let Tom handle his job here. Let's stand together. Jesus all right you want to know where the church came from and you uh, want to be able to explain that okay because people are confused out there and they're also very defensive of their denomination or their teachings uh, and it's pretty understandable because that many times that's the way they were raised. And as I was telling, as I've told many individuals, um, there is a silent witness. There are people in your family that it's just best to live the life. Let them see the good change. Let them see that no corrupt conversation comes out of words come out of your mouth. You don't use bad good. words. You won't even use bywords, which are double first cousins to the bad words. They're too linked to them, too close to them, and um, so you don't you do not do that, and let them see that you don't drink anymore, and you don't smoke anymore, and you don't carouse around anymore. That you don't do those things, okay? Let them see that. Let them experience it, okay? Uh, somebody said the other day, they said to me, they need a good thumping, and I said, well, that's what you do to a watermelon to find out if it's ripe. You thump it, and I said, so sometimes a, a little thumping is good. They'll find out if you're ripe or not. Or if maybe you're rotten, you know, let's hope that you're right. Okay, let's hope you give off the right sound, right? And uh, a certain sound. We want to give off a sound that uh, resembles the original church. It has that Jerusalem ring to it. Uh, we want our speech to always be seasoned with grace. And everybody said amen. We want to have the right spirit. Yes. We want to be moving forward. And it's great when that change takes place in your life. And you know that there's a new person walking in your shoes. And as sometimes we just have to say, we don't do it that way. We don't do it that way. That's not how we do it. That's not the the pattern that the book teaches. And God said, you be sure you do it just exactly according to the pattern that I've shown you. You don't make any changes. All right? Let's lift our hearts with our hands. Let us love the holy God. His name is Jesus. Thank you.